and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM. And it is a great joy to welcome you to our exciting Sunshine USA podcasting studio. <laughs> this is Warren Landis, and I am your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And today we're going to begin doing a, a series of Bible studies involving the Christmas story. Uh, I feel like the Christmas story is too important to try to cram it all into a single podcast. And so what we're going to do today is begin taking a look at a series of biblical stories about Christmas. And then after we finish in a few days, we'll get back to our regular Bible study series in the Gospel of Mark. So I just thought I would bring that to your attention. And I'll be telling my listeners on the Blog Talk Radio edition of Sunshine USA that they need to turn to the Anchor FM edition in order to get the Christmas Bible study that we're doing for this year. And um, so I think it's very exciting to take a look at that first Christmas in the Bible. And to do so, we're going to be taking a look at the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 2. And in just a few moments, I will begin reading with verse number one. Now, Luke was in many ways a very different writer than Mark was, for example. And bearing in mind, we have been doing a series up until now of Bible studies in the Gospel of Mark. And we will return to our Mark series right after we do a few Christmas Bible studies here in Luke. And what we're going to see is that Luke is a man who is much more given to detail. Not surprising, because after all, by trade, he was a doctor. And you would expect doctors to be very familiar with writing, and you would expect doctors to write in great detail. And uh, so, therefore, it is important to know that, as we take a look at the writings of Luke here. And in Luke chapter number 2, starting with verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this tax first took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria. So all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up also out of Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, or betrothed wife, being uh, who was with child. And so it was while they were there, and the days were accomplished for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, in our study today, we're going to limit ourselves to the first seven verses of Luke chapter 2. And here we have Mary and Joseph. Now, Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married. Now, it has to be pointed out that engagement back in those days was a little bit different than engagement in our day. You know, in our day, you know, you might be engaged to someone one day and not engaged to someone the next day. But 
Engagement was something taken very, very seriously in the biblical times. And uh, it was not to be taken lightly. And in many ways, you had a vow to keep even though you weren't married. For example, Mary and Joseph uh, would have been expected to not make themselves available for any other, just like they were married. And so Mary and Joseph are in Nazareth, and uh, it appears that Mary and Joseph have gotten word that this Caesar Augustus has issued a tax. It was actually a, a, former, a form of census that we would call it today probably a census. Now, I understand there was money involved with this too. You paid a tax to be counted in this, Senate, uh, in this census. <laughs> it seems that government officials in those days were just like government officials in our day, they always were looking for ways to, to make a buck. But anyway, this decree came down from Caesar Augustus that all the world had to be taxed. Now, it says all the world because basically most of the known world of that day was under the dominion of the Roman Empire. Most of the world in that day was under the dominion of the Roman Empire. And that's why it says all the world. And they had to go to their hometown to be taxed. Now, in the case of couples, they had to go to the husband's hometown. And in David's case, this was Bethlehem, 90 miles away. It's about 90 miles from Bethlehem, pardon me, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Especially, we're told by the Bible scholars, the route that Mary and Joseph most likely had to take. And it was a rough rugged route going through very rough terrain. And of course, in Mary's case, she would be riding on the back of a donkey. And so you could imagine with her being probably in the final week of her pregnancy, here she is having to go on such a very uncomfortable trip, not to mention a life-threatening trip, all because of a decree from a Roman Caesar. She had no choice in the matter. Now, I'm sure that if Mary and Joseph had their druthers, they would have rather stayed in Nazareth and had the Christ child there. But you see, there was a big problem with that. The Old Testament prophets had predicted that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. Not in Nazareth, but in Bethlehem. And so it became necessary for Mary and Joseph to travel all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem in order for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, big deal. You know, what difference does it make? Well, it makes a big difference. Because if Christ had been born in Nazareth, all the Bible skeptics from then till now would be able to say, look, uh, over here the Old Testament prophets, they goofed. They said Christ would be born in Bethlehem, and it turns out he was born in Nazareth. And it would cause them to look skeptically on anything else that God had to say. And so for, for God, it was very important that his will, his prophecy be carried out. And Joseph being 
a great man of God himself, he knew better than to argue with God. And as a Roman citizen, he knew better than to argue with Rome. And so off to Bethlehem they went. And like I say, most Bible scholars seem to think this 90-mile trip would have taken about three or four days for them to make, especially in Mary's condition. They maybe could have made it in half that time had uh, Mary not been pregnant. They could have made it maybe in a day or two. But because she was pregnant, it took probably the better part of four days to get all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And then when they get to Bethlehem, as you can imagine, because of this decree, it was pretty crowded. <laughs> it would be trying to find a hotel room in the city where the Super Bowl is going to be taking place on the night before the Super Bowl. It was crowded. Not a lot of vacancy. And it seems that everywhere Mary and Joseph went, they got the same story. I'm sorry, no room, no room, no room. But they come to this one little hotel or motel, whatever you want to call it, inn. And at first they get probably the same story. I'm sorry, no room. But then the innkeeper, apparently looking at Mary, looking at how tired she is, looking how much pain she probably is in. He says, now, wait a minute. He says, wait a minute. He says, we do have a stable in the back of the inn. This is where the cattle stay. And you guys are welcome to stay there. And that is where they stay. Now, you know, there, there's a message here for us as believers today. And that message is that even today, God stays where he's invited. He stays where he's welcome to stay. In this case, it was a, uh, not a hotel room, but a cattle barn, a cattle stall. And that is where Jesus was born. And it was kind of interesting, you know, I mean, here Jesus was, I mean, he was the son of God. He was the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and here he is being born in a common everyday cattle barn. Because then as now, Jesus only lays his head where he's invited. You see, the big truth of the matter is we have a decision to make. You and I, as human beings, we have to decide what are we going to do about Jesus? Are we going to accept Jesus Christ as Savior? Or are we going to reject him and, of course, if we reject him, we have to be willing to accept the consequences of that decision. So, we have a big decision to make. Now, I'm very proud to report that I made that decision for me back in the month of November 1969, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And see, that's the other point. I can only make that decision for me. I wish it were possible for me to get saved for everybody on the planet, but I can't do that. I could only make that choice for me. And hopefully you can point to a time 
when you prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart and save you and forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and take up residence. But once again, Jesus only does that by invitation. He won't do that until you invite him to do so. Another thing I want you to think about in connection with this Bible study this morning is that the will of God does not depend on circumstances. So like I say, had Mary and Joseph made their decision based solely on their circumstances, I'm sure they would have stayed right there in Nazareth. I mean, after all, Mary was pregnant. In less than a week, she would be giving birth to a child. And it would be safer and more comfortable for the Christ child to be born right there in Nazareth. But you see, the fact of the matter is, the accomplishment of God's will does not depend on our circumstances. And notice that Caesar Augustus, who issues this decree that Mary and Joseph are forced to obey. Notice that this decree comes from Caesar Augustus, a man who almost certainly was not a Christian. He was not a believer. And yet God used a decision he made to require Mary and Joseph to do what God wanted them to do so that Jesus would be born in the very place where the Bible said he would be born. And so you see, the accomplishment of the will of God does not depend on circumstances it does not depend on who is in office as far as politics is concerned. Now, you know, here in this country, we have just come through an election. And uh, as it stands right now, on January the 20th, 2021, Joe Biden will be sworn in as the next president in the United States. And that's the way our system works in this country. And that's the way it has worked now for 200 years. Now, I have known some Christians that have said, well, if Biden indeed becomes president, we'll never see revival for at least the next four years. But you see, once again, the will of God is not dependent on who becomes president or who gets elected to Congress or who gets elected to Senate, or which party controls the Senate, it doesn't matter. Irregardless, God will provide a way for his will to be carried out. In any circumstance, God's will will be carried out. And we know that when the Word of God says something, we can believe it. Because of the fact that Christ was born in Bethlehem and not Nazareth, we can know with a certainty that indeed and in fact, when God's word says something, it's going to happen. When God says something is going to happen, don't take it lightly. Mark it down. It's going to happen. When the Bible says you can only spend eternity in one of two places, mark it down. That's the way it is. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior and you die, then the Bible says you go to this terrible, awful place that the Bible calls hell. 
But the good news is you don't have to go to hell. In fact, the Bible tells us hell was not created for the devil and his angels. I mean, uh, pardon me, the hell was not created for us as believers. Hell was created for the devil and his angels, see? <laughs> the devil even gets me all twisted up. <laughs> but the good news is you can go to heaven. But if you go to heaven, you're going to have to go to heaven God's way. You can only go to heaven God's way. That's the only way you can ever go to heaven. You go to heaven God's way. And that's by grace through faith. And the good news is, if you're hearing this podcast right now, you can be saved. God loves you. God wants to save you. God wants to give you eternal life. And all it takes is your willingness to admit, I'm a sinner. Now, right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a very simple, brief prayer. And if you'll pray this prayer after me or a prayer similar to it, let me assure you on the authority of God's word that God will save you. God is going to give you eternal life. Dear Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit even at my best, Lord, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinner. And God, I ask you to come in my heart and forgive me of my sins. Wash my sins away with the blood that you shed on Calvary's cross. And now, Lord, I thank you for coming into my heart and forgiving my sins. And now that I'm saved, Lord, help me to live like I'm saved. And Lord, help me to grow in your knowledge, in the knowledge of your word. And Lord, I praise you and thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, like I say, if you prayed that prayer or a prayer similar to it, God has just given you eternal life. You are now a born-again child of God. You now have the right to call yourself a Christian, a believer. But, of course, this is just a beginning. I hope that you'll continue tuning in to ministries such as Sunshine USA, where we are going to help you grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. And we hope that you will join a church in your area. And in fact, if you call me or email me or write to me, I'll be glad to direct you to a church in your area that you can go to, and they'll help you get started right. Uh, if you want to let me know by email, you can do so by emailing me at warrenlandis at yahoo.com or warrenlandis at gmail.com. Either way, I would love to hear from you. And my snail mail address, for those of you that would rather... Uh, Send me a, a snail mail. <laughs> that is an old-fashioned letter, maybe a Christmas card. You can do so by sending it to Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, apartment number 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. That's Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, apartment number 8, Greenville, South Carolina. And that zip code to help the mailman know where he's going is 29609. <laughs> and uh, either way, I'd love to hear from you. By the way, if you send me a snail mail, I hope that you'll think about enclosing a few dollars that will help this ministry expand. Just this past week, I 
began communicating with uh, a television network that is very interested in putting Sunshine USA on the air. But I could tell you that it is a lot of work <laughs> and it's going to take a certain amount of money. And right now I am sharing this with my Sunshine USA audience and letting them think about and pray about whether the Lord would have them to donate some money to help make this dream come true. Uh, one thing about it, if we're on television, it will give us the ability to reach an audience that we cannot reach now. For example, we would love to get the good news of Jesus Christ into jails and prisons, both in this country and in other countries. But most prisoners don't have access to the Internet. Most of you know that right now you have to have access to the Internet to tune into this program. And so if we're on a television network, then we will have the ability to reach into jails and prisons and carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world that um, is waiting to hear about the good news of Jesus. And we're just excited about all the possibilities that go with that. Then, of course, there's some people that live where there is no Internet connection. One thing that we have found out in this country trying to do school online is that some people live in areas that have no Internet access. They have no broadband. And as a result of that, uh, they can't tune in to a program like Sunshine USA. And so, therefore, we hope that you will pray about whether the Lord would have you give money that would allow us to expand into some type of television ministry. The rates that I was quoted are not very much. I mean, we could get 30 minutes of airtime for as low as $50. So we're not talking about a lot of airtime. Some of you might say, well, Warren, I'd be glad to donate $50 to cover for a single 30-minute broadcast. And as I understand it, if, if we were to accept this offer, we would go to the TV studio about once a month, and we would record about four programs at one time. And uh, the cost would be about $50 per 30-minute program. Plus, there would be some production costs on top of that. But uh, we want you to pray about whether or not the Lord would have you financially support us in this endeavor. I mean, I don't want you to send any money that God doesn't want you to send. And I don't want you to send your tithe money to this ministry. Uh, your tithe money belongs to your local church. This would be money that comes in over and above your tithe to your church. Amen. <laughs> so uh, there you have it. I'm just laying it out there. And you could do with that information what you will. Hopefully you'll at least pray about it. And I know that if you pray about it, you'll do the right thing. Amen. Amen. Well, we do want to say hello to some listeners that we have for sure in Israel. Um, I have some stats that I get to look at from time to time that show who's listening to our program and where. 
And so we know, looking at the stats, we have some listeners in Israel. And I'm very excited about having people listen in the land of the Bible. (laughs) They are being taught the Word of God in the land where the Word of God took place. Amen? Amen. And, of course, we have listeners all over the world, Kenya, the Philippines, India, Jamaica, Russia, just to name a few of the places where we know we have listeners. Plus, there are many others that I don't even know about. But uh, we do thank God for our listeners. Our listeners are the very lifeline of this ministry. I thank God for each one of you. I love each one of you in the Lord. And I care about you deeply. That's why I say anytime you have a need or a prayer request, don't hesitate to let me know. I would love to hear from you. It'll mean more than you could ever say. And especially those of you that have been saved as a result of this uh, ministry, I would especially love to hear from you. That would be so wonderful. Well, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye, God bless you, and guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.